0: This episode is brought to you in part by T.S.M.A. Consulting, the entertainment industry's leading social media firm. You've heard on the podcast from the top people in entertainment how vital a well-curated social media presence can be for your career. Dropping Character is proud to be partnering with T.S.M.A. Consulting, a globally recognized social media firm that can help you make sure your social media represents the quality of your work. I've worked with them personally, and man, did I learn a lot. If you do sign up, make sure you tell them Robbie sent you. All right, let's get on with the show. This is Robbie Ramos, and you're listening to Dropping Character. Man, I, man, I, man, I don't drop character till I've done a DVD commentary.
1: so heels was uh pretty amazing the way that it all came about i just finished vikings and about two years ago now uh we had been sent this project and they said uh it's this wrestling project take a look at it um and i read the script and i was just blown away by how well written it was how amazing the characters were the pilot uh the pilot Mm -hmm. yeah and um i had a skype with michael Waldron and michael malley at the time i was in mexico when i did it and uh um, it, it, you know, it was amazing. I guess you know everybody involved were fans of Vikings, and they thought I was perfect for this role. So there really wasn't much to it except for just you know talking about, you know, if we can make my it work with my schedule. And and, and you were always for Ace.
0: Yeah, or was yeah, there no? Really? I think
1: I think for the most part it was it was they had definitely thought of me thought of Ace, but um, if I was to choose, I would have chosen Ace anyways because to me what i loved so much about the character was was just how outrageous he was and 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 complex and um it's uh you know just kind of looping this in on kind of what your podcast is about it, it like what i love so much about ace is that he tries he's so enamored with pleasing everyone and and being the hero in everyone's eyes and it's only when he finally drops that facade that he starts becoming a real human being and and really, you know, and in a way kind of succeeding, you know, it and I feel like that's so true to just being an actor and just life is that when you when you stop trying to please people, when you stop trying to be someone that you're not, uh the universe rewards you in ways you can never imagine. And I I think that for a lot of actors who are starting out, they um including myself, um, it's only natural to look at success stories and look at people that you admire and and, and were inspired by that. But the big trap, I believe, is trying to be that. Because the only thing that makes Brando Brando is Brando. (laughs) The only thing that makes any of these amazing actors them is the fact that they are authentically that person. Authenticity. And that goes with with everything in acting. Is like, I can't be anybody else but myself. I can be all these different characters, but what's going to make it interesting is the fact that it's coming from me you know i mean what makes robbie ramos so fucking amazing is that he's authentically robbie ramos and like that and i think that that is when my world as as a human being kind of and an actor opened up i just stopped fucking trying to please and ace is definitely on that same journey so
0: yeah yeah so when mike when mike reaches out to you you said mike and and and, and Waldron, and right? yeah. michael Mally yeah. and michael yeah. Waldron. um what are they they're telling you this is a go was was steven attached yet no
1: no, no, nobody had been attached to Jack yet. And, um, I, you know, I, I was hesitant to sign on just because I didn't, I wasn't going to sign on blindly without finding out who was playing Jack, you know, and, and let me just say, this is not like, for me, this was a, this was, um, I felt so honored to be in that position, uh, especially with a show that I thought was so awesome, you know? Like you work so fucking hard, you know, building your career and building the, these jobs. And then finally, when they get that kind of a validation where they're like, hey, we love you for this. This is for you. And, you know, I was kind of, I mean, obviously these guys have been a part of it for years and years and years because this show has been, they've been trying to make this show forever. Mm-hmm. But I was definitely the, I was the first, I mean, I guess Stephen was the first to actually sign on, but I was definitely talking to them before um, before and um and we were trying to just figure out like scheduling and stuff and then finally when steven signed on um you know i talked to Mike because i didn't really know uh i hadn't i hadn't seen arrow or anything yet but uh, or steven's work but i do i didn't know of i knew of him um and when they told me about steven and his kind of connection to wrestling and everything too i was like okay no brainer i'm in and Steven, Mike O'Malley, and I had a uh, lunch in LA um, about a month before we were supposed to shoot. It's like a year and a half ago.
0: So, and like January? Yeah. Or, yeah.
1: And I was like, 2020. Yeah. And we were so pumped. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so happy I did this show because Steven's amazing. Mike's amazing. And I think the show's going to be amazing. We had been training for like weeks and weeks up to it in LA. Damn. Chavo and, uh, you know, just training all the wrestling stuff, mm-hmm. and then about a week later, we were literally leaving the gym. Chris had leaving the gym. Kelly was leaving the gym. Um, we're all leaving, and it said that the sports industry wasn't going to have any games. And it was in that moment that we were like, "We're fucked. Like we're next for sure." So our show, the show, got pushed, and yeah. then it got pushed by, you know, six or eight months, or even longer than that. Uh, but I'm so grateful to doing it now
0: dude it's in, that's
1: insane yeah.
0: bro yeah that is insane so you were working out with who, who'd you say Ch- chavo uh,
1: chavo guerrera yeah oh shit yeah so he's he amazing yeah. yeah he was a wrestler and he comes from a huge wrestling family so was, he was
0: he gonna come also to atlanta to i stay think there was talks
1: or? about it for a second and then i'm not sure what happened but um yeah but he was he was amazing yeah. just to learn the basics <laughs> from what were some of the inspirations for Ace, dude?
0: Where did you did you look at any wrestlers in the game and and say, oh shit, I want to kind of model my shit after Ace?
1: Yeah, like I I also talked to Waldron and O'Malley about this too. Like Ace was de- is definitely kind of like the Shawn Michaels of that world, um, but again, like what I thought was so interesting is that Ace was definitely his own. He's his own person. So I definitely took little bits and pieces from people. I really really weighed hard on uh my buddy adam copeland who was or is the edge which is and he's like a wwe hall of famer we did vikings together so adam has been invaluable to me in terms of just like even when i'm on set like and I wait some weird thing comes up like 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 i would just pick up the phone and call adam and be like you know hey man this is you know i remember uh, like we were talking about shaving our armpits and i was like I was like, did fucking, did everyone do that? And I was like, okay, I'm going to call Adam really quick. And I was like, Adam, like, what do you think? He's like, nah, man, you don't have to do that. It's oh, fine. Yeah. He's like, he's like, some people do it, some people don't, but like, I never did. And uh, so Adam, like, uh, has been amazing. And it was so funny because he actually texted me right when we released those first look photos. There was an article that got put out saying, like, Alexander Ludwig, like, basically resembles. I saw that. Adam yeah, 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 yeah. and yeah, Adam yeah. texted me, and he was like, "Oh my god!" And I was like, "Dude, I don't know what to tell you, I stole your entire look." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: What What did Michael tell Michael Waldron tell you about his inspiration for Ace? Well,
1: Michael, I mean, Michael was amazing. He 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 grew up in this whole world, um, so I, I he loved wrestling. I mean, he loves wrestling. I mean, but this Michael Waldron is like this, he is true to these characters in this place. Like he's from this this world Mm -hmm. um so ac always sean michaels was somebody who always got referenced and he just i remember he told me and he was just like dude this is the best character i've ever written he Mm -hmm. was like and i was just like man i I could this is the one of the greatest characters if not the greatest character i'll ever get to play and i know it's a lot of
0: pressure for you dog right to hear that from the fucking
1: 100 percent. but again like leaning on like where we're at from before i'm in this place now of just like i don't give a fuck Like I don't care what anybody thinks. Like I'm just gonna go in and just like I'm all about being a team effort and like being like amazing, but I'm like like I'm just gonna go do the best fucking job I can and be a team player and and be there to make the best show. But like the more I start thinking about like pressure or Mm -hmm, what people mm -hmm. would think and you know, and that's and the second I lost all that, it's like my everything changed for me
0: um i imagine bro i imagine i mean look for me one of the things about working on film is that now i'm all of a sudden in my fucking head bro like Mm -hmm. i've never been you know Mm -hmm. i've always kind of had that that kind of wild free shit yeah because i come from theater in new york and all this bullshit and so but now finding this medium yeah it's like it's a new thing dude yeah um acting is acting but it's a fucking new thing for me like a hundred percent i feel like you probably because of now the experience you have of working on camera and to correct me if I'm wrong, you get to a point where you start realizing like, dude, I cannot give a fuck about yeah. anything else.
1: Yeah. It, or what it,
0: anyone else thinks or you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, as long as it's truthful to you. I mean, that's, yeah. that's all you can do. And and I would say that the, the for me, like where I get um over those, because I, I mean, it's our job is the funniest shit in the world. It's like, you know, hey, we're going to, we're gonna throw a camera in your face. Now be normal. Yeah, dude. Right? Or, yeah. Like, or like, be your character. It's like that's it's it's insane. But I think that for me, um, you know, an actor prepares. Like I, I every Sunday, I'm I'm at home for a couple hours and and breaking down the week. What are you doing? Go, what
0: are you doing on that Sunday? Um, Let's get into the
1: yeah. Well, I work with an incredible coach named okay. Ivana Chubick, and you know, Ooh, she's she's amazing. She's got a book. Yeah, her, yes, she does yes. and her book's phenomenal. Remember um, her book, yeah. And basically, I mean that's that is that's my my go-to and that's um basically her process in a in a nutshell is you know, you hear all about, about the method or you know what you know where substitution derived from or this and that. Um the idea is that you'd use past experience to influence your characters so that um the idea being that if you and I are playing brothers, I can't cr- recreate twenty-eight years of a relationship with you in a month. Mm-hmm. So you draw off certain experiences and people that can help further this connection. Um, but what I love about Ivana's technique, she's took that to the next level. And she said, it's all about, um, what you're going through now in this moment so that consistently it's like, you know, if Jack and ace are in a, uh, in a problem, like what, who is it or what is it in my life that resembles this situation? And, and what do I need to win from it in my life and in the scene? So uh, it, to me, it just adds that little extra thing. And um, both for me as an actor, but also I think for the audiences, it's just that uh, there's a little uh, just at least for me. I've just noticed that, you know, people who I've uh, been grateful enough to have liked what I the stuff that I do um, have just it's that little extra like just i call it like a lean in if you can make an audience member just go what the fuck is he thinking Or like what's going Mm -hmm. on in his head um then it's that little extra thing so for me like i that's how i break down every single scene and it's not even the ones where i'm talking it's even just the moments that you know there's always something more that you can be doing and to just make it the best and then and then you're free because once you've done that work yeah it's you know it's you're connected you're done you already did the work so once you get there you let it all go you don't think about it you just go have a freaking blast and that's what happens is that this amazing experience happens and i just feel completely free and i don't feel like i'm looking for my words or anything i remember working with anthony hopkins and he is not only just such an incredible talent but also an amazing human being but we we worked together for about a month and a half and i remember being like tony um tell me what you do. Like, like what is your process? Like, <laughs> yeah. I just want to know, like, you know, right. and, um, and that's another thing about acting just really quickly that I realized is that there is no right way to be an actor mm. or to act. Mm-hmm. Like there isn't, like it's, it's whatever works. Daniel Day-Lewis is not following some sort of, you know, like he's got, he's figured out what works for him. Yeah. You know, if he needs to be in character all the time to be the best, you know, it clearly is working for him and that's right. awesome. So I think that, the key is finding what works for you, what makes you feel the most free. So what works for Tony is he is in his, he took me into his trailer and he, he showed me his lines and all this stuff. And beside each line, there was like number. And these numbers are like 150, 300, like crazy high numbers. And he's like, this is the amount of times I've repeated this, this paragraph or this thing. And I'm like, you've done this 300 times he's like because i and he's a little ocd like that and you know he'll admit that and he said because when i know this like the back of my hand i'm completely free and you know brian cranston has a book called the life in parts mm-hmm. uh, it's i don't know if you had a chance to yeah. Read it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah it's yeah. amazing right and 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 he said uh the same thing it's all you know he he's an actor prepares you come showed up and then you let it go and and that's the thing it's not just about it's not about being like oh i don't care and i'm gonna just come and do my lines and f- fuck it but it's not that at all it's just that once you've you've got all this ammo because you've worked so damn hard on everything that you're impenetrable and you can just go and have an amazing time and stop worrying about the 60 people who are watching behind a camera or having somebody stick some you know a camera in your face and this and that and just go with the flow
0: is that the only thing uh so fuck first of all that's amazing dude yeah. He had yeah. the numbers next yeah, to in them. a while, yeah,, uh, but is there anything else you picked up from working with him for a month?
1: Well, I mean, I mean obviously a that lot freedom. of freedom like who he is as a human being, but I would say that that the thing that stuck with me most was that because he said that he would be able to go as fast or as slow as he wanted or absolutely adapt to whatever situation because no matter how hard you prepare, like things are gonna get thrown at you, and if you yeah. know your work and you know what you're doing and your objectives in a scene like you can just you can just be free so that was to me that was the golden nugget i mean there's there's a lot i i learned yeah from him, but that yeah. that was what stuck out for sure
0: well that that thing of of having shit thrown at you working with michael malley right mm-hmm. is a very specific mm-hmm. way of working 100%. and it's been fucking eye-opening for me dude i mean again i'm used to that theater shit and it's like you know your lines already but then we're here we're getting new lines yeah what you being number two on the call sheet, which actors will know what's up, Yeah, you have a little more, I, I would imagine, creative control with O'Malley, yeah? You guys are collaborating a little more? Is that is that something that's happening or
1: no? I think that every actor, no matter how small or big your role is, is invaluable to everything that we do. And everyone, and I think Mike would agree that like anyone... Who comes up to him and has an idea, bro? He accepts that shit a hundred percent. So I, I definitely wouldn't say that I have more or less than any than anyone else next to me. Yes, I definitely probably have more conversations with Mike just because we're yeah. around each other a lot more. Um, and you know, Mike, as you know, is he's blown me away. Like Amazing. talk like I I can't believe how much energy this man has, and also just like how. Do, I've never seen anybody so driven. Incredible uh, dude to make some and especially a showrunner and our producers. Man, like everyone is on this set every single day showing up. That doesn't happen all the time. Really, bro. See, I don't know this is my no. first fucking so Dude, I've been on shows where like, you know, it, it bosses and producers and this and that like they don't show up. Wow. That's not regular. Like, we are so spoiled on this. I like, know, dude. They are here every single day trying to make this the best thing. And to me, that is an amazing sign because it means that people believe in this. So it's been, yeah, it's been uh a- this project man has been a dream come true. I wish that covid wasn't a thing because I feel like the only thing that I missed on this show is from a personal level, it's like more of a connection with cast and crew, and it's only because like we were in a bubble man. quarantine quarantine quarantining, and then like like you're we were allowed to kind of see each other, but not really just in case- it was kind of like this really weird gray area, so I feel yeah. like I'm excited to do this show again, hopefully. Uh, when when we don't have to worry as much about about COVID.
0: I agree, brother. Yeah. I agree. And, dude, one of the things about you, man, that I, I noticed right away, bro, was your energy on set, dude, is fucking gold, dude. No, like seriously, right? Because I think so much of the tone of what happens on set is set by... Those first few guys in the call sheet, and I know, Sorry. I know you you to, but it's big, dude. It's big, and 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 your energy in particular to me stood out, dude.
1: Nice, um,
0: man, I, I I worked on this. I, I had a recurring on Snowfall, and then it fell through yeah. because of this show and because of COVID and all this yeah. bullshit. But Damson Idris, do you know Damson Idris? He's you know a British name. actor. Yeah, yeah. He's the he's the lead in in Snowfall, yeah. and very similar to you, man. Was like we we had a table read, and this is pre COVID, the month right before COVID. Yeah. Actually, he walks in, bro, and he said hi to everybody in the uh, that was at the table read. Oh. Every single person had a mm. conversation with them. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that's yeah, that's the way to do it, man. And with you, dude, it's it's it it's it's a hundred percent exactly what you do as well. And it and it, and also it doesn't seem forced, dude. It seems natural, and. I'm just wondering if if that's something you picked up from other people. Is that does that come from your upbringing?
1: Yeah, I mean, dude, first off I love you. And I'll totally yeah. take the compliment. Thank you, man. That means the world. Um, um It's hard, dog. I, it, Another I, yeah. thing before you yeah. it's hard because you
0: yeah. guys have a lot of pressure, dude. And 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 um and there's so many egos and energies on set and, yeah. and being an actor, you're fucking open to all that. Yeah. And so it's hard. It's not an easy thing, dude. Yeah. So go ahead. Keep it where you're saying.
1: I mean, that's my, that's my parents. That's the one thing yeah. I got to say. Like my, 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 my parents were just, you know, my dad came from nothing and really worked his, his way up and, and made something of himself. And my mom is one of the most loving, kind human beings on the planet. And it has, uh, I, mean, I really wouldn't be here without her. She was, she's been my biggest fan since I was a hmm. kid. So I think that my upbringing was—you know—I was raised to treat the janitor and the CEO the same. You know, and like for me, like it's so—and it's so funny to me when people don't because I'm like, like y- you must actually be insane because this is so obviously a team effort, and not only that, like my performance lives or dies on the fact that. Not only am I doing my job to the best of my ability, but that you're doing your job to the best of your ability. The hair and the makeup department, everybody, and everyone works the best when we feel like a team. Like it's not it's not rocket science. Like I don't understand when these people, when I hear stories, like I've been lucky enough where I don't feel like I've experienced a ton of that, but I hear stories and I'm just like, no way. Like it's, you know, I know for a fact that like, you know, not too soon when you're, fucking accepting your oscar and you do your next movie you're gonna be the same damn way man and like no no doubt and that's like i feel like most people i do believe most people would be that way
0: yeah yeah i I don't know what it is either man i mean is there something could you see it though because in your position could you see where the pressure or the jadedness of being in that position for a while
1: maybe without a doubt without yeah, okay. doubt. So talk to sure, me about doubt for sure i can that. i can yeah. totally see where like how that could happen how because you know, i don't because but, but that's when you start i feel like that 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 is when you surround yourself with yes people and 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 we you know i don't i love acting i do like i think it's an incredible it's my uh, it's my dream i can't believe i'm getting paid to do my dream uh and it's amazing but like i also do feel that like it can be an egotistical thing, you know. The the just the idea of it in general is, I I love it. I'm not trying to judge anybody who does it. I'm just saying that, you know, you, like it's that's we we are the product in a lot of you know what I mean. So I think that it's very easy for people to believe that when something does well because their face is on it, that they were the only contributing factor to its success, you know? And if you have everybody else kind of just saying, yes, yes, yes. And you start making a lot of money, yeah, you know, and I think that the key is surrounding yourself with good, humble, honest people and keeping yourself in check, you know, living in consultation, just going, whoa, was that like, you know, and, and writing those wrongs. I mean, we're human. People are going to make mistakes. People are going to snap. People are going to get upset. But I think that it's, you know, if you can't check it before, you certainly make up for it after you know and just have that like conversation with somebody you know yeah. sets get hot like people get heated and you know it's a lot of stress sometimes and you're running you know against the clock and so i don't know i yeah i don't really know the truth of it but i do believe that there's an a- there's a difference between actors and celebrities and i feel like some people get lost in their own celebrity and forget that they're uh that they're actors first
0: it's such a powerful illusion though isn't it
1: yeah, of course, man. Like you got people you got people coming up to you like, you know, and just like enamored with yeah. this person that they believe is you and in a way it's a part of you, but I think that you can look at that two ways. You can look at it like, yeah, I'm amazing, or you can look at it like this is an opportunity for me that I've been gifted by God knows what to make someone's day. That is the greatest freaking gift about I think I think that of notoriety is the impact you can have on others. That to me is just that's. Whenever I think about like, you, for, like, because acting is its own thing, and I love that. But when I think of notoriety, like fame, fame. That is the that is the one appealing part of of it, is the fact that you can. Impact so many people's lives doing so little by just being a good dude. Yeah, you know, by just dude. being a good human being, and 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 you make someone. I'll never forget, like man, like just go up and somebody. Oh man, I'm a huge fan. They're crying or whatever. You just go up and you just go. I so appreciate that. Thank you and like thank you so much. And like and suddenly you're just like wow, like I can't believe that, like fucking i wouldn't go up to myself and say, you know yeah like who the fuck yeah. am i but like but but to people it means a lot and that and i'll never forget when i went up to sports players and people that i mm-hmm. admired when i was a kid and um so i think that that's the one one interesting thing but it is easy to get lost in it and i think you just got to keep yourself in check and
0: uh, have you always wanted to be an actor was that something you were from the from the get
1: <clears throat> my entire life i always wanted to be an actor when i you know When I was not, my mom used to be an actress. She she was in Friday the Thirteenth Part Eight. I always (laughs) saw that's a claim to fame, Uh, and she was actually really good. She's really talented, and she she was my uh, guiding light. You know, she Mm -hmm. she drove me to auditions when I couldn't drive. She told me I could do it. Um, You know, and my dad was a is a businessman, and you know he's he has his own things that worked for him to get to where he did. But that being said, the one thing that they both did collectively was believe in me and and told me that, you know, I could do it. I could do whatever I wanted to, you know, if I if I had something that I really loved and I was really, really willing to to sweat for and, and, and grind for. And um I'll forever be grateful to both of them for that and especially my mom because she I mean, she had. I mean, dude, she on a on a dime. She moved to Romania with me for three and a half months, and you know, every every two weeks or so, my dad would fly over, and they would switch off so she could be with the other kids. But like, that is a hell of a commitment for your kid, and 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 those experiences and that that time with her, I'll I'll never forget. Um, so yeah, I mean, my parents had had a have had a huge influence on on me, and I and I realized how lucky I am. Who have been brought up with that mentality because it is so much more rare than I realized. So many people see this like ceiling, like, "Hey, this is your life. You're gonna be mediocre, and that's okay. But you're just gonna be average. You're gonna be normal. You're you're gonna have that life." And they just they're like, "Okay, well, that's just gonna be it." And if that makes you happy, then then, then zero judgment. But like, but I think that there's just this huge fucking facade that the world has, or a lot of people have of like that is the biggest lie we're ever told like you're just gonna be that's gonna be that's it that's it for you like anything i've ever gotten any success i've ever had has been because i didn't listen that's it yeah. because i just said no fuck that man i'm not doing that like i'm i've got one life and i don't want to regret this when i'm 80 years old I don't want to regret not having gone for it. I want to make my twelve-year-old self proud. I want to go after my dreams, and if that means I got to get a job as a waiter to to pay the bills while I audition on the side, I don't care if it takes me the rest of my life. I don't care if I die doing it because at least I'll have done myself proud.
0: Hundred you know? percent, bro. Hundred fucking percent. How how old were you when you started?
1: Then I was about nine. Nine. Yeah. Did you have success right off the bat? No, no, I actually got cut out of my first job. I read, I was, oh, like, I, I I, that. like, that was that was just and oh. I, and you were not so destroying, dude. I cause, I mean it was a small role, but I had like one line, but I was so excited to see my yeah. one line in the movie. I got cut out, and I was like, oh, <laughs> man, that's kind of like that's, you know, that was so dude, heartbreaking for a twenty
0: five year old. That stuff I can only imagine. Yeah. a Nine year old trying to explain sucks. to them like, yeah and uh, okay so so you had that but then but then what what was the first one where where you did start to uh get a little bit of how did you get your first agent as yeah
1: so so this was like so you i would say i had two different careers and i'd say most child actors have two different careers the one is when they're a kid and when one is when they're an adult and and for me um i was 13 years old Mm -hmm. i after you know, I started in commercials and worked my way up, and you know, Harry Potter commercial, toy commercial, Hot Wheel commercial, this and that, right. and like worked my way up, and um, one day I booked this role. Corinne Mears, who's a casting director in Vancouver, really, really vouched for me, and I'll forever be grateful for her for that. It's called The Seeker: The Dark Is Rising. I was 13 years old, flew out to LA. I had like 16 auditions. For this, I mean it was insane because at the time it was supposed to be like the next Harry Potter. It was like oh. a huge deal. The in the series, an amazing book, um, book series. Um uh and I auditioned for it and I booked it and within a week I was on a plane to Bucharest, Romania for three <laughs> and a <laughs> half months. Oh it was crazy, God. dude. And and you know, film it was such an amazing experience, worked with some incredible actors, like ian mcshane and um francis conroy it's just some really talented actors and um you know unfortunately the movie i mean you know it it didn't do nearly what they were hoping for it was you know there was a lot of things that had happened in the mix you know um uh there's just you know i think i think there's so many things that ended up going wrong that were out of our control um but thank goodness for that you know because i look back and i'm and I don't know what I would be if I'd had that kind of success so early on, you know? And then when I was six, so then there was these periods of times where I didn't get any jobs and I was getting really nervous. And then I was 16 and I booked, no I 15. And I had booked race to which mountain because one of the directors had seen me in this of the, the rock dark is rising. And that was with the rock. Um, so that he had seen me in the secret, of the dark is rising. And he was like, Oh, I think he'll be good for this, this, uh, this movie that we got. And, I went to LA and I, you know, auditioned with Dwayne and honestly, no. Rob. Yeah, and he was the best. And were um, you were did
0: when you were going to do that audition, did you know Dwayne was the shit already? Or Oh yeah. So like, he was already the rock. He was already the
1: rock. And like it was like in and yeah, oh yeah. I knew who he was and I was so freaking starstruck and yeah. stoked and um you know, I was up against all the usual suspects that were up against at that the time. same role. Yeah. Yeah. Not every single <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. one, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, you read with them. I was read it? with Dwayne and Dwayne. Uh, Oh yeah. I read with in the, in the I, audition. Mean, yeah. I mean, it was between like me and like three other dudes. I think it was like, it was, it was like, you know, it was me, Taylor Lautner, Josh Hutchison. Oh shit. Like, you know, like we were like the kids that were like always up for like the same stuff together. Right. Josh would always book a bunch of roles and then, you know, Taylor book a couple, a bunch of roles. And it was like, you know, I'd book a role here and there. And Uh. it was, you know, but you'd always see those guys in in, in the room. And then of course, as time went on, you'd start seeing like a bigger group of people. But um, back when we were like kids, yeah, that was kind of like the usual suspects. So anyways, I booked that one and Dwayne was amazing. Um, Just one of the most charismatic, lovely human beings I've ever worked with. And, like a big brother to me um he gave me his favorite guitar for my 16th birthday and we used to like i I, you know i went over to his trailer and we played music together and he was just amazing he was amazing and um we you know stayed in touch i mean you know he he would send me happy birthdays every month for years was
0: that movie
1: forgive me dog
0: i didn't see it but it, uh,
1: it was a big success no it was i mean we didn't have a sequel so i can't imagine it was that big mm. of a success i'd mm. say that it, you know it did like 100 million but like which it,
0: is fucking huge but it depends on the budget it depends on the budget yeah. i think the budget yeah.
1: was pretty high too um yeah so it was it was i think that it was more of like one of those movies that probably broke even it wasn't like yeah it wasn't a huge flop but it right. wasn't it wasn't a huge success but for
0: you in your career i'm sure that opened some doors no
1: you think but this is the this is what i meant about two careers is like so at that time i was 16 years old i looked like i was 12. you know so like for me i was too young to play old and i was too old to play young so it's this really weird time and um what was that gift that
0: that uh that steven steven on our group chat <laughs> oh was yeah like uh was
1: that around that yeah, time? yeah yeah exactly oh yeah yeah, yeah. You yeah look young, i know dude. dude i know and i was older than i looked and and it was like yeah and it so that was really scary <laughs> yeah 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 um so i was like okay i know i wanted this rest of my life but i need to get to la so how do i get to la okay i need to get to a college in la i was like okay i'll apply to usc well my grades are absolute garbage so i need to start studying so i worked up i got into usc went there and then my freshman year i booked hunger games and everything changed all right we're gonna get there yeah.
0: but child actor yeah yeah what advice you have for that bro because i i think like if my nieces or my nephews want to do acting and follow yeah. my shit, it's like, I don't know what to tell them, bro, because it is such a hard business. And yeah. being a child actor, dude, the, yeah. the,
1: the, the possibility
0: that some shit can go wrong.
1: Yeah. Is high. hundred percent. I think that, you know, I mean, your niece has an amazing uncle. So I think that like, you know, being surrounded by people mm-hmm. that, that are going to look out for her is huge, but also like there is no, um, there is nothing that will fuel a person's fire more than than you believing in them. So I think that the truth is, yeah, you can be worried about the the cases of what happens if, if this does go well, but also that's, that's a good problem to have. I would say that um, my advice to any child actor would be you got to get used to the word no. Like there's nothing wrong with you and this is for every actor. There's that's nothing wrong personal. with you. You're not not talented. You just aren't what they were looking for in that moment. And if you start, like, if you start judging yourself or shitting on yourself for that, like, that's your own ego. Stop pretending that it's your fault. Oh, what did I do? What did I do? It had nothing to do with you. It's like that has to do with like, somebody decided that somebody else was better for that role, it, and that's okay. That's not on you, but yeah. I feel like so often we take it so personally because we want it, and you visualize what's going to happen when you get that role. So not only did you just lose that role, but you lost the dream of what that role was going to bring you, mm-hmm. and it's toxic. So as a kid, as an adult, as whatever actor, like get used to the word no. And as Brian Cranston said in his book, you um, when you go into an audition. You're not there to get a job. You're there to give a performance. Remember that. Like you go in and you leave it. You know what I mean? And that's no. so that's my advice to like all all the kids. But I'd also say it's about gaining experience. And by the time you're 18, whether you like it or not, you're going to have to reinvent yourself because you're going to hit puberty and things are going to change. So just gain experience. Work 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 on whatever you can because the more the more experience you have, the better it's going to be for your long-term
0: career. Now you were saying that you were a certain age and you looked younger. You made a, did you make a conscious decision to be like, I'm leaving this child actor shit? Cause you could keep going for, for, for roles that were younger than yeah. you, I'm sure. Yeah. So at some point, did you make a conscious decision of like, I want a little bit more of a dramatic kind of thing or, or, or was that something that just kind of happened with the hunger games?
1: I mean, I think that it kind of happened with the hunger games, but, But I mean, I was still playing and you know, a teenager, I wasn't like playing a 30 year old. Um, I got very lucky, and I think that there does come a point that when you get a certain level of success, it's about what you say no to, uh, and being really smart and saving your money because, like, taking a job for money is, um, yes, of course, sometimes you're gonna have to do it and you're just gonna deal with that, but. But, like, you need to be careful about the kind of actor you want to be. Is that, the, is
0: that what started happening after Hunger Games? You yeah. You started getting, okay.
1: So then once you once that started happening, I started realizing I need to be smart right now about what I'm going to choose to do next. You know, obviously, like, Grown Ups 2 was a thing. And I was like, well, obviously, I'm going to do that. I'm going to work with yeah. Adam Sandler, David Spade, and Chris Rock. Like, that's amazing. That's going to be so fun. Uh, but then, like, Lone Survivor came around and... Mm-hmm. You know when I start looking back, all the jobs that I didn't get I'm so grateful for, because at the time it 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 knocked me down, but when I look back at it, either the job didn't pan out nearly the way I thought it was going to for for whoever got the part or 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 the or the movie itself didn't do well, yeah, but also it just it just made me start to realize that like i what it takes to be really good you know, and, and, and really great as an actor and how much work actually goes into it and learning to love the process, learning to love that journey and, and love your craft. That wasn't something I think that I had starting out. I loved movies and I loved acting and I loved it, but like, I don't think that the artistry of it was something that I was like enamored by yet. But after um, Hunger Games, um, the next big kind of win for me was Lone Survivor. That was a big uh, one, and that was a Navy SEAL film I did with uh, Peter Berg and uh, Mark Mark Wahlberg and um, Taylor Kitsch and Ben Foster and uh, Emil Hurst. It was a great, great cast, and uh, Marcus Luttrell and his story was amazing. And that was an incredible experience, and definitely for me, like that was like the first kind of like I was playing the rookie, but it was kind of like a more grown up role for me. Yeah, and like so, Hunger Games was the first kind of step into adulthood. Then that was the next one, Launch Survivor. And then Vikings came around.
0: Yeah. And we'll get there.
1: Now, I want to
0: know. So when you start getting that successful and that kind of shit, did you have the same reps all through that? Or did you change reps? Have you changed reps in your career? Has it been something that you've stayed with with the same people?
1: I've changed. I've gone through uh, lawyers and publicists like, like nobody's business. But I... I've never changed my agent or my manager, my agent. Um, well I did have an agent in Vancouver when I was a kid, Mm -hmm. but when I went to LA I signed with the same, um, I left with the same. Well, that's actually funny. One of, I did have a different agent up until I was like 16 and he ended up getting fired. Um, but my new agent, and who's been my agent for years and years and years now, um, i've been with him forever and i will be with him forever he's he's like a brother to me and same with my manager staff uh they've been they've been incredible
0: that's a blessing brother
1: a huge blessing yeah 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 um and i don't think it's as much and this is another thing for actors who are listening to this too like i my my opinion is that it's not about like yes of course there's like this you know this um, kind of amazing uh it's very easy to be enamored by these big agencies and these big management companies. And yes, there, there's certainly, you can't deny there's definitely opportunities that comes with being a part of that. But I would also say that, you know, you know, be real with yourself. If you feel like you're getting lost in the shuffle, that's not the place to be Mm -hmm. like, like, cause any of those jobs that you think you're going to come from being at the agency, that's not going to happen. That's happening for people who are, who are established and way up there. So I would say it's way more about as long as your agent or your manager can get you into the rooms that's all that matters. So be with somebody who believes in you, um, and believes in you know in your ability, um, because because all that other stuff is just fairy dust. It's like it's not important.
0: Agreed, man. Booking Vikings. Yeah. What's up with that?
1: So somebody, one of the executive producers of Vikings, they had, had one season come out, and did really well. Had seen me in the Hunger Games. <laughs> And it's funny how one movie feeds the other keep in mind in between all of these movies these are the milestone movies i'm talking about yeah there were some shitty roles of and there course. were some bad movies like that's gonna happen <laughs> right, right i don't right. think it's i don't think that there's any actor out there who hasn't done a dog shit film yeah, yeah. um but but these are like the ones that so it's not yeah. like oh wow he had it the, so easy no like, these are, are the, the highlights these are the highlights yeah, this, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. the highlight <laughs> reel okay yeah, this yeah. is this is the instagram of my career okay right. um <laughs> <laughs> like, <Yeah>. uh, but <laughs> but um, they had called me and and been like, yeah, we saw him in the Hunger Games, and uh, um, yeah, we think he's perfect for this. Like, he looks so much like this young character who we want to grow up in the show. Now, this was like early on, before the golden age of what I would call the golden age of television, which I think is still happening right now. Mm-hmm. I think that the best content is on TV, mm-hmm. and. Um, But this was before that, so being being attached to a TV show for six years, which is like pretty much industry standard contract when you sign to a show, was terrifying. You know, I was like twenty years old, um, and this was shooting in Ireland, which sounds amazing, but also like really scary. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. but also like you know, I grew up in this world where it's like, all right, get used to being lonely because. This is what I want to do and I'm willing to suffer for it in any way, shape, or form. So I went in and I read with the leads and uh, for the president of MGM, who's still a really dear friend, Steve Stark. Um, uh, he's just such a wonderful guy. And uh, they had like a read through. So it was kind of like a, look, you've, you're have you our only choice for this, but like we want you to come in and read. Okay. So whatever that is. Yeah. And it's still an audition. Uh, you know what yep. I mean? Like, and, and, if you fucked that up yeah exactly And, and i even and i and i would go as far to like even when i was reading other actors for heels you know i came in as prepared as i possibly could because regardless like i want to give those actors my best but also like i think that it's always a performance right it's always an audition no matter what no matter what um nothing's ever solid until you're you're there dude
0: how many stories have you heard of people losing their job at the table read?
1: exactly and that's happening
0: more now apparently uh Marsha debonice who's playing debbie on our show which i'm trying to
1: get her on but we'll see oh dude you gotta interview her she's amazing she knows so much about yeah. fucking yeah. she
0: was in casting and all these things but she said yeah that's something that's happening all the fucking I time I would <laughs> over table Zoom? yeah right yeah you're fucking caught. Uh, oh, yeah. it's so scary. It's terrifying. Yeah. But but, but no. again,
1: but again, like you prep and then fucking leave yeah. it. Leave it to yeah, the no win, doubt. the no that's out of your control. Um so yeah. So, anyways, did that reading. It went well. They offered me the role mm-hmm. and I said no. No? <laughs> yeah. Uh and it was strictly financial. I was like, uh, you're not paying me enough and I'm not gonna do it. Um and uh they were like, Okay, well, We'll offer it to you again, and we're not going to pay you more money. And I was like, "No, I'm not going to do it." They came back a third time. i are like, "You like need to watch this show, and like you need to see where we want this career, this character to go." Because I don't have a TV quote. I had a movie quote. I've only ever done film. So they, you know, they came in hit, like low, and I was oh, just like, I like, see. I'm like, I can't like, like you're asking me to come do this show for nothing, and like, what? Uh, move to ireland and then lose all Mm -hmm. these other opportunities when like i've just had a you know some great movies come out Mm -hmm. um but they're like you need to see this show (laughs) and we're not gonna pay you more i was like fuck okay so i watched i watched the show and i had you know met with mike or i had talked to the executives about where this character was gonna go and they were like this is the journey of your character you know god willing we make it this many seasons and then i thought to myself what an amazing gift to be able to show that kind of an arc from a boy to a man to a father to a warrior mm. to a king to a legend and like that a, most actors never get an experience to kind of show that kind of an arc over that that long uh, so from an acting perspective money wasn't even an object anymore i just said this is this is an amazing experience this is this would be tremendous and you know, by the grace of God, we made it through six seasons, and I was able to do all of that.
0: Did you renegotiate along the way? Of course. <laughs> you know, the
1: funny <laughs> thing about how that works is, like, you actually, you know, technically, you can't. Like, it in, until yeah. you, unless you give them more time, you, you're not going to. But what I did, it just goes to show, like, just <laughs> it's about who you know. Is I called. You know, Steve, and at MGM, and I just I pleaded my case, and I was like, "Man, this is MGM's biggest asset. This show has done better, I think, than all of us could have expected." I I feel like I've, you know, and I, again, I signed on to this show expecting it was going to be a ten episode season, so I could still do film. But it was doing so well, they had extended it to twenty episodes. Long story short, I just, you know, I pled I pleaded my case, and they ended up uh, finding a, a way to get me up to get me out of my deal a little bit early and also give me a raise for my final season. So that was really, really lovely. And of course your quote does go up over time and you know, money isn't everything. I think especially when you're building and even now it's, it's about the work, but you know,
0: no, but it's important, bro.
1: Without a doubt, you need to know your worth. There's no doubt. There's a, there's a business to this. And like, you gotta, you gotta know that like it's checking that box that creatively, it's a check. Or financially it's a check. Or yeah. you know, I think that it's gotta check a certain amount of boxes. So without a doubt. And that's when and it's not like I was gonna pay nothing. It was no no, you know, it was, no it was great for anybody, but like based on how the show had done, they they honored that. And you know, that was that was great.
0: When you're shooting twenty episodes a season, what are we talking here? In months 10? eleven.
1: Bro. Eleven months out of the year in Ireland, dude. It was no, crazy. Dude. Yeah, you go home for Christmas and you'd be right back filming again.
0: So yeah. your personal life is where? You're just fucking gone. Gone, gone, no.
1: gone. Like just, uh, I'm just away. Like I And that was another thing I said to him. I was like, you know, man, like even my friends from the show that I kind of came up with, they're all gone now. Like I was it. Ah. So it was very, it was really lonely. But it was so creatively fulfilling because I had so much to do with my character. And it like creatively, it was the high for me we finally reached that point where I had always hoped we were going to get to when Bjorn was finally his own man and having to kind of, to navigate the turbulent waters of being a King and being a father and being, you know, a friend. It was just, that was so exciting to me creatively, but like personally from a personal aspect, like, man, it was fucking, it was lonely. Did it
0: feed the work, the loneliness? For sure. For sure.
1: You absolutely did. Yeah. And you know, I, that's where I kind of, my companion was my work. And luckily I had a lot of friends on that set from the crew because the crew had basically stayed pretty consistent the whole way. So that Mm. was amazing. And that was a saving grace, but they're tired on the weekends, man. They've been working all week. So have I. So it's not like you're, you're kind of alone at that point. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and uh, when, when did you take on that mentality of stopping Uh, of pleasing everybody?
1: I would say, you you know, I grew uh, through the show it was vikings. in that yeah vikings was like a huge was a huge moment for me as i you know i just and i think experience the experience of being on a tv show is invaluable you've got a, I wish every actor got a chance to be on a show like that for that long because just being in front of the camera just that repetitiveness every day it's like you just you get so comfortable with it uh, and i just how it really went down was like, I met Ivana like th- on, on that set as well, my, mm. my coach, because my, one of my closest friends, Travis Filmel, who played my father on the show, he's a tremendous actor. And when I was starting out, I remember just noticing it right away. I was like, this guy is amazing. And I was just like, what are you doing? And he took me through, you know? And I think being, being humble enough to ask those questions to people is invaluable because people want to tell their story. People want to help people if you're willing to like, like, I think you doing this podcast too, man, like that's, it's genius because like, you're going to hear all these other stories from like, like, you know, the theater world, like the back of your hand, but like think about all the amazing things you're going to hear. Dude, like I'm picking cool. all your brains, bro.
0: <laughs> that's really? all I'm so doing. Smart. Man. Chris, I mean, I, I want to do Mary, that, man. You. It's genius. Like, yeah. it's,
1: cause it's just there's, you know, no matter, no matter if this is your first day on set or you've been in this business for years, like people, everybody has something to offer. Um, so anyways, Travis sat me down and we worked nonstop on, you know, uh, he showed me his process. He introduced me to his coach and we've been working together ever since. And, and Travis, uh, you know, has been uh, just not only just my incredible friend, but an amazing mentor.
0: So, and are you Skyping with Ivana from over there? Like how is she flying over there? What What's the process with her?
1: Yeah, I mean, she would fly out, but like, and she did a few times, but really what I would be doing is just phone calls. Oh yeah. Just phone calls. Yeah. And just like going over we were kind of learning by fire because I was filming ads. Mm. We started working together, you know, so it was it was a lot, but it was amazing.
0: And brother, let's get a little personal here. If you're if you're down, if now we can when when did when did you get sober?
1: So I got sober, you know, pretty much on that show. It it's you know, when I went to rehab was I was like 25 20 yeah 25 so i i basically was in vancouver i think the show had been done i sp- i spent my 26th birthday in rehab and i remember i went back to vancouver i had a big blowout like and i think that you know i was able i was managing my substance abuse like through like even when i was working because like i I just I love my work a lot, and I just, but I you know these lonely weekends I'd be by myself, and there was just nothing, and I think that it just kind of started to spiral out of control, and there was just a moment in time when I was in Vancouver, and I just said, holy shit, like like I would go missing, like it wasn't like like I would be gone, people wouldn't know where I went for like days, and it was alcohol, yeah, I mean alcohol, drugs, everything, oh everything. everything under the sun, and it was like to the point where, um. I I was just like, I can't do this anymore. And like, I just, I gotta get, I gotta get right. So I checked myself in within three days of that experience to rehab in Arizona. And I was on a plane and spent 50, 45 to 50 days there. Um, and it changed my life and it was the best money I ever spent. And it cost a fortune to go like it was crazy and I didn't have that money you know especially then uh, but but it was, was the best in investment between seasons? made yeah I mean yeah yeah huh. yeah because I'm trying to remember when I feel like it might have been just after I had I had wrapped because it's but I can't I, I gotta look at the timeline again but I feel like it might have been right after we had because I don't remember having to go back after that, so maybe it was just 20, 27, 26, 25. Yeah, no, that would have been after, right after the maybe the show. Yeah, I think it was like right after the show had ended, but I had been sober on the show that because I had had a big relapse. I had been trying to stay that's what it was. Mm-hmm. I'd been trying to stay sober for a long time, and it'd be like six months, and then I would relapse, or I'd be like sober for like. Whatever, and I was like, no, I can do this. I can go to meetings, I can do this. And then I was like, okay, I'm, this is obviously not working. So that was, I think it was just after the show had finished.
0: What did you use to to cope, bro? Because it is so tough to cut anything you're addicted to, man. And I'm always interested in, in what what do you replace that that urge to, to fucking indulge in shit with?
1: Um. You know, like sobriety is is a is an early man's game. You know, it's like getting up early and meditating and routine. You know, Aristotle said, you know, freedom is obedience to self-formulated rules. And you think about that for a second. Freedom is obedience to self-formulated rules. And it's so freaking true. I'm like, when do you feel your best? Do you feel your best when you're like, you know what, I'm gonna get up at this time. I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this. And then I'm gonna give myself two hours to do fuck up. but then I'm gonna do this. And like those... That is real freedom.
0: You know Jocko? Jocko no. Willink? No. Oh, I gotta turn you on to this yeah. dude. He's a Navy SEAL. Yeah. But he's got a podcast and he freedom is discipline.
1: Yeah. That's his shit. No, it's the truth, man. Yeah, dude. That's that is like you're speaking facts, like the the best I ever feel, and the and if and I can't be grounded in my life if I can't be grounded in my work if I'm not grounded in my life. <sighs> you know, so like for me, my high became the winds the personal wins, like, not just in my career, but in my life, in my, and let me just say to anybody who's struggling, like, with substance abuse or anxiety or depression, like, you know, it's like losing, especially substance abuse, it's, it's like losing your best, your love, like, you know, the best thing that you ever had, your, it's your higher power, is alcohol and drugs, because that's what you would use, it's your medication, it's what you would use whenever you were feeling depressed, anxious anything that's what you would go to so then you don't have that crutch and suddenly you have you're faced with this very real reality of who am i and why am i feeling these feelings because i can't cheat anymore like this is just i got to face myself and that's a scary scary thing and i tell this to people who want to get sober i'm like dude there is no magic pill there is no, you don't go to rehab, spend a fortune and they give you a shot and you're sober. You have to want it. You have to really, really want a better life because it's not just handed to you. You got to fight like hell to get out of it. But man, the rewards are limitless. And that's the truth And like the first year of sobriety is, is. I mean the first couple months especially are brutal. And then it gets better and you go in waves. And, you know, but let me tell you, man, like you've been sober for, once you've been sober for a couple of years and you start realizing, you know, the things that you start seeing, holy shit, in three years, this has happened. You know, I, I can't even imagine what 30 years would be like. But like, 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 and being that person that people can depend on, that your brother and your sister and your mom and your, friends can call and you you know you're going to show up that's the man i want to be yeah i don't want to be that i don't want to be that guy anymore and i think that people especially artists like they feel well at least i'll speak from my personal experience you feel this like i got to be this like tormented tortured so i need to have struggled to really be an actor and that is horseshit man Mm -hmm. it's such bullshit like you know you want to be amazing it's just Learning and studying and prepping and just being, being that guy.
0: Yeah, and and you recently got married, man. Which <laughs> yeah. congratulations, Thank you, man. bro! Yeah, it's such a fucking huge step, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, that to me too, dude, is something that I don't think is talked about enough as an artist. Is that you can also have that grounding element of being with somebody you love, dude.
1: A hundred. You know what I'm saying? I think it's essential and. Like, like, I think that once you've lived with things in your life, you know, whether it be other partners, whether it be personal struggles, it becomes so much easier to to see what you want, and who you want in a certain person, once you find that hold on to that. Because, I, again, I would say it's that same kind of paradox people feel about like, that comparison between actor and celebrity. Don't get it twisted, man. Like you can have a normal life and be an actor that exists yeah you know and be and be massively famous that exists i mean eric banna i worked with on survivor eric banna goes back to australia and he's got this amazing wife that he lives in it's mark Wahlberg. his wife's not an actress or any of that it's mm-hmm. a very simple normal life and then he comes and he does his thing and he goes back home and he's a family man like that exists we just don't hear about it as much mm-hmm.
0: when you worked with Wahlberg, dude is his discipline the way it, yeah. it, it seems on on the gram?
1: Without a doubt, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. He's a he is a very very you know disciplined human being and
0: right, bro. That's such a big part of a lot of these dudes, man.
1: Yeah, and he's a businessman too. You know, he's a yeah. straight up businessman, right? Um, uh, you know, and I know I don't know his full story, but I I know that he is or was sober or is. I mean, he just whatever he's doing, he's living that life. Like he's, he's just getting up early and he's just killing you know, it. Yeah. He's just crushing and, he, and, and getting his highs from life and success. And, and I, and I would feel that, that, that is what's been driving me too, is like, yes, I can't cheat anymore. I can't sit in a room with people that I, you know, don't really vibe with and can have a couple of drinks and I'll be, and I'll be good. Like I can't mm, do that anymore. Like, so big. I dude. can't fake it. You know, like for me, it's like, I, I gotta be, people like you and people that are ins- good, humble people that inspire me, and I I gotta be more specific with my time. And but when when I do have those moments, they are so much more meaningful. You know, like I find my highs on traveling and connecting with people I love and showing up and 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 performing. You know, those are those are where I get my highs from now.
0: Yeah. Well, Xander brother, dude. I've learned so much just from watching you and the way you move and the way you treat people and and then also your talent as an actor, man. Um, dude, thanks for coming on, brother. And dude, <laughs> your future's bright. Oh, dog.
1: stop, dude. I feel I honestly, I, man. You your future is bright, Robbie. Like I am so grateful to know you, and I know we're only gonna get closer as this show continues. Fucking come on. <laughs> Can't wait, brother. Yeah. All right, thank you, Xander. Uh, love you, man. Thanks, love you, bro. <laughs>
0: Me? I know who I am I'm a dude the dude as another dude
1: What You do do know what to be here.
0: This episode was brought to you in part by T.S.M.A. Consulting, the entertainment industry's leading social media firm. If you sign up for any of their management packages at tsmaconsulting.com. Make sure to tell them Robbie sent you for an exclusive 15% off the first month. Thank you later.